Growing up sucks. Just ask Eric Lauber, father of three 20-somethings and a college professor for decades. Eric helps young adults get smarter, richer, healthier, and happier on the adulting podcast, Growing Up Sucks. Hey, Cassidy. Uh, welcome to the Growing Up Sucks podcast, where we try to help people who are, you know, over 17 or so get through uh, the struggles that they have. Maybe we can make it not suck. So <laughs> you emailed with a really interesting topic. I'm excited to talk about this today because I struggle with the exact same thing that you wrote about. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, um, I'm Cassidy. I'm 21. I'm a college junior. I will be a college senior in about two weeks. If I can get through these next two weeks. Um, I go to school in Western Pennsylvania. I'm going to be a future English teacher. And I have two dogs. I have five younger siblings. And I love coffee. That's a little oh, bit about me. Hey, there we go. That's the most anybody's ever said about themselves. <laughs> and you love coffee. <laughs> You probably love coffee to keep you uh, going with all that busy stuff you're doing, right? So, you, Oh, my gosh, yeah. You said that you were super busy and you were contemplating how not to be busy. <laughs> Tell us yes. about it. So um, all of my life, I've been super involved in basically anything and everything that I could do. In high school, I was on student council every year. I was on executive board. I was in National Honor Society. I was even president my senior year. Um, I played sports all year round. I was straight A student. I had a part-time job. And that kind of transferred over into college. I always had this idea of having to look good on paper. And I think that developed when I was younger, when my parents kind of, you know, rewarded me for getting good grades and, you know, doing after-school activities. And then... I would always be the role model, role model for my younger siblings. And so I felt like I always had to keep up that work ethic. And I didn't realize how involved it was making me in too many things. And then it rolled over into college where I was really diving into my academics and getting involved in too many clubs and taking on too many extra activities. And I just didn't really know where to say no and how to tell people no. Um, and yeah, my sanity was just going crazy. Um, I didn't have time for myself. It was just, it was just a struggle and it's still a struggle. Still a struggle. Yeah. So I, when I was your age, the exact same thing happened to me. In fact, beginning of my senior year, I had a mental breakdown from being way over involved and taking on too much and not understanding that there was a line that I, that I should not cross in terms of not taking care of myself mentally, physically, sleeping enough, you know, working out enough. And uh, it taught me some lessons about uh, really important stuff, like looking for my own symptoms for when I'm not handling things as well as I should. Right. So mm -hmm. do you feel like, you know, when you're starting to slip down that slope? Yeah. Um, when I don't have, enough time for like the things and the people that really matter to me. I know I'm starting to take on too much. Um, like when I'm, I'm trying to think of an example, like if I can't make it home for my mom's birthday because I've taken on too much at school or, um, I'm struggling to get my work done because I volunteered for, like organizing a friend's birthday party or 
um, I'm doing too many things with one of my academic clubs and my grades are slipping. That's when I know I'm starting to take on too much because those things that are more important to me, my family, um, my grades, obviously it can get a little um, too much when you're getting too involved in your grades, but I feel personally my grades are more important than being involved in those extra clubs. Um, that's something that I know, okay, take a step back. It's time to like, slow down when I don't get sleep. That's when I guess yeah. um, I'm taking on too much when I'm not eating enough. I'll realize I'm sitting here at my, in my like office in my apartment. There's just an extra bedroom, but it's a place I like to come and work on stuff. I'll notice I'll sit here until two, three in the afternoon and realize I've only had coffee and I haven't eaten. I haven't stepped away from my desk yet for the day. Um, and that's when I've noticed like, okay, you're taking on too much. You're working on too many things. So you've listed uh, several things. I'm going to categorize them for just a moment. So the first set that you listed were kind of external criteria that, that you could notice things like, oh, my grades are slipping. Oh, I don't have time to go to my mom's birthday. You know, you, it's things that you're missing, things that are being, that are measurable, that are going down, for example. Then the second criteria was like your own behavior. So instead of worrying about whether things were being met, whether things were occurring, you were talking about, am I sleeping enough? Am I eating enough? You know, what's my personal behavior? Not worrying about the externals. You weren't talking about how that affected other people or other criteria. It was just, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to put a third category in that I didn't hear. How about internally? Can you, can you tell if, you're getting cranky and your and your mind's going in places you don't want it to go. Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> cranky so fast sometimes. Um, and that's when, you know, my friends and my boyfriend will step in and they'll give me a reality check. They'll be like, you need to take a moment and calm down. Um, you're getting a little, you're getting a little mean. Um, and that's when I realize, okay, something's not right here. Um, and then I'll realize it too. I'll like drop something in my kitchen. I'll be making dinner and I'll like, I don't know, drop like the bag of lettuce on the floor and I'll be like, are you kidding me? And then I'll be like, whoa, it's not that big of a deal. Um, so yeah, definitely. I see that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I wanted to say that to everybody out there. I think there's at least these three different things that people want to keep an eye on when their life starts getting out of control or out of hand or stress starts to take over. It may not be any one of those things that you described or for me, I mean, I got seriously depressed when I had this mental breakdown. And so my, I had very dark thoughts. I was even thinking of suicide at one point, you know, thank, thankfully I got therapy and things are better. So I think that people out there have to listen to their own inner voice and monitor that inner voice and notice if that inner voice is not excited about the day ahead, is only stressed about what they got to do, is regretting the fact that they can't do fun things because they have to do serious things. You know, I, I think that voice is a, is a monitor as well. But of course, the things you listed, the external things and the behavioral things are also very important. So, so let's say that we're noticing that we've taken on too much. Now the question you said is, well, how do you say no to the next thing? And before we get to that, I want to mention that I've discovered that I can go kind of full bore for a while, but I cannot keep it up forever. 
Like I can be intense. I can throw everything I have for a few days, a few weeks. I know sometimes it feels like the semester is I'm on the treadmill the entire semester, but I can't keep that up. And so I've learned I got to take breaks from being president of this club or from throwing too much on my plate that I want to get done. And I think that everybody's got to learn that too, that you for a short amount of time, you can be pretty intense about everything you got on your plate, but then you got to get a break in there somehow, a multiple week, a semester long. I don't know what the break might be, but you got to just be able to wake up some days and go, I don't have anything to do today. <laughs> or maybe it's just an evening. I don't have anything to do this evening. That's awesome. I can do whatever I want. There's nothing that I have to do. If you haven't had one of those in 29 days, that's <laughs> problematic, I think. Yeah. That's a problem. So we'll put that out there. But let's go back to how do you say no? Why don't you think you can say no when you're asked to do something? I have this constant fear of disappointing others. I don't know how it started. I don't know where it came from. But I think because um, I have been such a success in my life so far, um, I have a fear of letting people down. I have a fear of disappointing my parents. I have a fear of disappointing my family. I have a fear of not setting a good example for my siblings. And so that is where this fear of this fear of the word no has come from where I feel like if I'm saying no to something, to an opportunity that I am not as good of a person in like the success area than I actually am and that I'm not as ambitious as I should be. Um, yeah. I, I resonate a hundred percent. Everything, everything you're saying I, is exactly how I would have described me at your age and it's still my age right? I cannot stand to let people down. I mean, it, it makes me work super hard because I don't want to have to go back and apologize to anybody for anything that I, I misdid. But let me reframe this. That's a strength. That's a good thing. It's, it's motivation that puts you over the hump sometimes, that puts you ahead of the crowd. Because boy, I'm going to work extra hard to achieve that. Because for one good reason, I don't want to not achieve that and have to face any consequences of that. But all of our strengths are also our weaknesses. All of our strengths, which push us, which make us really, really good in certain situations, are also the things that don't fit other situations. And that becomes a weakness at that moment. And it may be 5% of the time or 25% of the time. So this strength that you have, that you want to take advantage of every opportunity that comes along, it's a strength. It's a really good thing. It's gotten you where you are today. Occasionally is a weakness. And it's on those occasions that you have to stop and pull yourself back. You have to say, what I'm doing, what I naturally want to do is actually a good thing, but I've got to stop it here on this moment. It'll come back. Tomorrow, there'll be another opportunity. A week from now, there'll be another opportunity, but I can skip some. I can take a pass on some. And knowing when is going to be very complicated, right? Because you don't always know what exactly the opportunity is. It's, it's, what does it mean to be president of a club? Well, until you've done it, you don't really know what the investment is, you know, what the opportunity is. You know, 
what does it mean to take on a second job at school? Well, until you've tried it and see how it works out, is it worth the money or not worth the money? You don't know. So that's a very complicated equation to say no to certain things. But you have to start. And when you need to start, I think, is when you can sense the stress is piling up. That's why we started the conversation with, can you feel when things are starting to pile up? It's, those yeah. are the perfect times to start saying no. What's your reaction to that? I No, I agree. I actually, while you were saying that, I was just thinking of a moment last week when I did say no. Um, mm-hmm. I, well, I guess I didn't say no to somebody asking me something, but I said no to myself, mm-hmm. which, which is a win. It's a win. Um, I was going to sign up to run for vice president for one of my clubs for next year. And the role of vice president for this club would be to organize and plan the initiation ceremony that we have every spring for this club. And I knew if I did that, it would be chaos for myself because in the spring I will be student teaching and trying to plan this massive organization's um, initiation event that involves like organizing speakers and catering. And um, we normally hold it at the KCAC. So all of that. Um, Good. Same you time, said no. insane. So, yeah. I, How did yeah. you feel? So take us through a little bit of the mental process. How did you get to know on that? Because you, you knew that it would drive you insane. It would be too crazy, right? But emotionally, how did you react when you decided mm-hmm. to tell yourself no? I felt relieved, actually. Good. I was like, and then I kind of laughed at myself because part of me was like, why did you think that was going to be a good idea? What part of you thought that was going to actually be a smart idea? Um, and then I went on with my day and didn't even think about it anymore. Good for you. I think that's exactly what I want to hear, that you made the decision, you were good with it. And you went on with your day and didn't think about it, didn't dwell on it, didn't say, oh, man, that was a missed, missed opportunity and, and think about it as you went to bed at night. No, I mean, I, I can tell you, being a lot older than you, there are lots of opportunities ahead. There are many, many <laughs> other yeses in your future. And you need to practice saying no to yourself and to others to clear space, you know, I'm trying to find the right metaphor for this. So I'll just, I'll use the spatial metaphor. You know, the more things that you do and they add responsibilities, it's like more strings are tying you down and there's less freedom of movement. You can't, you can't do X or Y because everything has, has been conscripted. I got to do that. Then I got to do that. Then I got to take care of that. And as you start to snip some of those strings or don't, don't let new strings on, you get freedom of movement. You get space operate in and you're gonna you're gonna love that as you learn to control how much freedom of space you want now i'll be honest with you i don't want too much i'm so task oriented i'm terrible on vacation if it's more than two days i i just go crazy like i gotta do something productive i'm embarrassed to tell you this on my honeymoon i took three textbooks thinking that i was going to study for my comps when i got back (laughs) And uh, I actually felt so bad about it. I hid them and she found them. So 
Uh-oh. I ended up, I can re- thankfully report I did not study in those, that honeymoon. But I thought I needed to. I thought I was going to. And I was, I was afraid that if I didn't have something available to be productive, I would go crazy. That's how crazy I am. So there's, a, there's but you, you can't figure out what space is comfortable until you've experimented. Right? So now you know that you can be tied down too much. So you know you got to start giving yourself a little more freedom there. And then someday you'll go too far and you're like, oh man, I need something else to do. <laughs> I don't feel yeah. productive enough. And then you can start to add things back in again. But it's a constant yo-yo in and out. I'd, look, I, the thing for me is you, have, you don't have any kids. You're not married yet. But I've discovered that's one of the very few ways that I can stop being task-oriented is to be there as a husband, to be there as a father, when I go visit my mom and dad, to be there as a son. Those are those few times when I'm not worrying about whether I'm getting anything done. But if I'm at home on the weekend, I'm like, man, there's a lot of stuff I could be doing right now. And I just start mm-hmm. getting it done. And uh, so I resonate. Everything you said in the beginning, I feel for you. I know what it feels like. And I don't, I'm not going to say that I've actually done it perfectly well since I was your age. I'm 35 years older, uh, but it's a process. I encourage you to, to, to say no more often and enjoy that freedom of space until, until it feels like it's too much. <laughs> yeah, and I know my um, freedom of space will change as I get older. Right now, I'm trying to find the comfortable one, and I know it will change in about a year or two whenever I'm a teacher because I'm, that brings different responsibilities. So what I, else I can bring onto my plate other than teaching is going to be different. And then that may change whenever I get married and then whenever I have kids. And like I know it's the extra tasks and things like that are going to change as my life changes. And I kind of like that because life, life's always changing and what you do doesn't stay the same. So I like that you know, the amount of activities that we can handle at one time changes as our life changes. So let me now kind of wrap up uh, with something that I, I'm going to ask you, have you ever quit a responsibility? I'm trying to think. I, I don't think I ever quit a responsibility in the middle of it, but I have definitely stopped something like – after it was completed, I didn't do it again. Okay. So there's going to be a day, I don't know what day, but you're going to have to learn how to quit some responsibility. I've counseled many students over the years and they come in and their stress levels through the roof. And when I start to inquire what they're doing, they're like you, they're spread out. They're doing all kinds of things. Uh, I remember one very clearly was a reporter for the student newspaper. But when we went into everything she was doing, that was like the least important thing at that point in her career that she needed to do. And I needed to counsel her on how to quit to go back to the student newspaper and say, I'm terribly sorry. I have to make my grades and my health, my priority, and I can't do this now. Maybe I can do it later. And this, this woman was devastated by that thought that she was quitting that she was stepping away from a responsibility that she accepted and she was doing it in the middle that of the That would state. devastate me. Right. That would, that would put me in shambles. See, well, I'm going to, 
help you get there because <laughs> you, you have to be able to do that too, right? It, it's, it's hopefully the last step maybe, but your mental health is, is the number one thing you have to worry about, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, you can't be a good to anybody if your physical and mental health are not strong. And so that might demand quitting something someday. And, and I've done it a few times. It's never fun. But uh, I have to recognize there's a point where I've got to say, look, I, I can't take this on anymore. I thought I could. I can't. I got to find a way to get out. Always very respectfully, very calmly, very, I explain why. It's not always received well. Because <laughs> whatever organization that is expected me to finish it up. And so that's very stressful. But uh, I can't say that I've ever regretted that. Because I, I didn't make the decision lightly. I said, I, this is a big, big deal for me, but I think I have to do this. So someday, Cassidy, you're going to have to do that. That's okay. Forward to it. But I know that it may happen. It probably will. It will happen. Yeah. But I know I'll come to you for help. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm around, you can come to me. Yep. Try to help you through it. My wife's very good at figuring out the right language to use on certain occasions. So all my kids go to her. But uh, yeah, there's language to use. and and But then there's also sticking to your guns because usually the other person wants to negotiate and say, well, what if we make this modification or change? And you got to say. And that's when you say no. Yes. It's when you say no. You're like, no, I'm sorry. I have to step back completely. All these other things are more important. And uh, you don't say more important that makes him feel less. He's like, I have to, you know, I have to put my time into these other things and I can't put my time here and, and my health is important. So Cassidy, has this been helpful? Yep. Yeah. What are you going to walk yes, away with? Yes, very much. What, what, what's the most important thing we talked about? That, that it's okay to say no, mm-hmm. that I need to work on it. And that, I am not a disappointment, not that I'm not, not, I'm not a disappointment that I need to not have that pressure on myself to hold a perfect image and that, um, having too many, um, tasks on my plate doesn't make me any less of a person than I am. Exactly. Yeah. You're, as you get older, you're not going to be defined by your achievements. You'll have plenty. You'll have enough. And in fact, I want to I want to end with a little story. I was just like you. Couldn't do enough in college. I won a leadership award in college. There was a very uh, there was a secret society at Northwestern. I can't say the name, but I was selected to be in a huge honor. And I have this ring that I've worn for thirty five years. And when I got it. I was in the middle of that depression I described, and I said, look, why do I keep pushing myself? What more do I need to accomplish? I'm 21. I was just selected by my college campus as a campus leader. Why am I still proving myself? Every time I start to feel like that, I look at this ring, and I go, calm down. You've already done it. At age 21, you already did everything you could by 21. Obviously, I could do more in your 30s, but you, know, you don't have to do any more. That's the message I keep telling myself. And I think I want to share that with you. You've done, a, you've done enough by 21 to, to, to prove yourself to you and everyone else. Stop thinking about it. Don't worry about it. Tell yourself it's fine. Get a ring. <laughs> or something okay. else. 
I'll talk to your boyfriend about that. We'll see where it works. Okay. <laughs> he listens to these podcasts, so he'll hear that. He'll hear that. Okay. I, I'm stepping back from that comment. I'm not. Even, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is this one ring that I wear, and, and it's really been good for me to be able to look at it and say, I don't have to prove myself again. I've done it enough times. And I think that's a piece of advice too. Cassie, I'm going to leave you with that. Thanks a lot for coming in and talking today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Growing Up Sucks podcast with Eric Lauber. 